How many of you need to lighten the load in your life? How many of you say, you know what, I need to lighten the load? Well, a, a pet store delivery truck was, he was making his rounds, and each time he came to a stoplight, the driver would get out of the truck, and he'd take a two-by-four and start banging on the side of his truck, and after seeing it happen a couple times, another man stopped and asked him, what are you doing? He explained, well, this is only a two-ton truck, and I'm carrying four tons of canaries, so I have to keep two tons of them in the air all the time. <laughs> How many of you feel that way in your life right now? You're just trying to keep something afloat because your vehicle can only take so much. Are we there? Yeah, so how can we lighten our load? And um, that really is the series we are in. I hope that through the last couple of weeks, as uh, Pastor Mark, uh, Mike, uh, Mark, Mike, it will work, will, <laughs> will uh, he led us off in the series. And then last week, we talked about margin, and we're in our third installment as well. And I want to just do a little survey as we begin, okay? Would you help me with this? My first question is, how long or how low do you let your gas tank typically get before you refill it? How, okay, so how many of you would say that I only let my tank get about a quarter empty and then I refill it, about a quarter empty? So there are some of you that do that. Okay, that's great. How many of you say, you know, when it gets half full, then I refill my tank? Half full. I'm re okay, we've got a couple more hands on that. that. That's great. How many of you say, you know, when it gets three quarters empty, that's when I refill it? How many of you say that? Yes. Okay, quite a few hands on that. And so, some, I just want to let you know, some of you are lying right now. You're not being honest with me. And how about the rest of you? You say, well, then I wait till it gets five miles past empty, then I refill it. Whoa. Holy mackerel. Got people lifting hands up for spouses and everything. It's like you came and bailed them out a few times, I guess. <laughs> uh, so how many of you have ever run out of gas in your vehicle, just in all honesty? Okay, thank you for, for being honest. And so... I, also, how many of you would like to tell us why you ran out of gas? Well, no, we're not going to get there today. Okay, so, <clears throat> but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to parallel some things in our emotional and spiritual world, our realities and our relational world today with really running out of gas in our vehicles, and I want to parallel some of those things. But before I get there, I kind of want to rewind a little bit and uh, to remind us what we've talked about in uh, making space for what really matters in our lives, right? So making space and time to refuel is very important. We talked about slowing down so you don't waste energy, right? And if you're going too fast, you're going to waste a lot of energy in your life. You want to make sure that your tank is full at the start of each day, and I want to talk a little bit about that today in your time with God so that you can have energy for your relationships. Our relationships matter most, and love must be a priority, so much so that the Apostle Paul tells the church in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, let love be your highest goal. What is our highest goal? Love. 
He says, let love be your highest goal. May it be your highest priority that you are going after. And so I want to talk about letting love be the highest goal today. The most important priorities that we must have and have is our relationship with God and others that are around us. Because the only thing that you and I get to take out of this lifetime when God calls us home or when Jesus comes back again is our relationships. That's it. That's it. We don't get to take the stuff we work so hard to get, our houses, our cars, the clothes that we wear, but we get to take our relationships into eternity with us, and so we need to have time and energy for our relationship with God and our relationship with others because those are the things that last forever. Jesus says, I give you a new command, John 13. He says, so now I give you a new commandment. Love who? Each other. Just as I loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. But I want to parallel some things on why we run out of energy before we even get to the things that really matter. And it's, number one, not starting off with a full tank. Not starting off with a full tank in our lives. Uh, That's how we're supposed to start every day, full. But we don't many times, and our tank is running on empty, uh, even maybe before we start the day, and for surely by the end end of the day, that you have nothing left. That's why we need time with the Lord, and we need time with others. Also, being too busy to pause and refuel. We get so busy in our lives that we don't stop and refuel our tanks right? We just go, 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 go. We, we've all done this. Uh, you're in a hurry. You're busy. You know you need to fill up, but you think, I'll just push it a little bit further because I don't have time to pause. We do that, don't we? I mean, I can't stop now. And so we need to realize that we need to take regular periods of refueling spiritually, emotionally, and renewing our relationships or we're going to run out of gas. Also, that we are unaware of hidden leaks that are draining me. How many of you know that every day you and I are leaking? Did you know that? We leak, right? We think we can keep it all and contain it all, but that's not how God created us. And so there are two big categories of hidden leaks in our lives, relationships and responsibilities. It can sap you of energy, your creativity, your strength, and your walk with God. That you and I, yes, there are sometimes relationship drains on us. We all have those. They're in our world. It's people that we love. But also, do we have positive feedback? Do we have positive energy going into our lives from God, from others that are around us? Another one is hurry, because the faster you drive, the faster you run out of gas. How many of you found that to be true? The faster you drive, the faster you and I run out of fuel, right? You're going to run out of fuel a lot quicker if you're going 85 rather than 45. Remember in Virginia, anything 10 miles or over, it's reckless driving. All right, so let's just be safe about that, right? Y'all with me on that one? All right, some of you are like, wow, really? I never knew that. Well, you know now. Now you're responsible. What's the speed of your life right now? What is the speed of your life right now? Is it breakneck speed? You're going faster than ever before. So we need to realize that love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible in our lives. Did you know that? Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible 
compatible in our lives. Both of those things can't survive in the same playing field. In fact, Robert Putnam in his book, Bowling Alone, I encourage you to read it if you never read it, says for every 10 minutes you spend in the automobile, you reduce your available social capital, which is time for relationships, by 10%. That means we don't have time for relationships, but also each of us is going into social debt every day. Psychologists have a term for this. It's called crowded loneliness. We live in a crowded world. Our mind's full of crowded things. And guess what? We're still lonely. Crowded loneliness. We have exposure to so many things at a fast pace, but we do not have a deep connection to any single one of them, right? They're shallow. Another reason is distracted and not watching the gauges of my life. We get distracted. And, and we're not watching the gauges like we should. Sometimes I'm so busy, I get distracted that I can't focus on my relationship with God. How about you? And my family. How about you? And others. How about you? Gauges are warning signs that you're going too fast and you're not renewing and you are not recharging your internal spiritual batteries. Here's a couple gauges, not all of them. Sleep is a gauge. If you are not getting enough sleep, that is a gauge, and there's warning signs that are going off in your life. Um, irritability is a gauge that you're going too fast. You're irritable with those that are around you. You're irritable with family, friends, coworkers. Touchy is a warning light. It's a warning light. It's blinking. Not getting enough input from your relationship with God and with others. That is blinking. God created us to have a relationship with him as the creator and with others that are around us. And that light will go off when we are not getting enough relationship. Pressure to do it now is another reason. Rapid acceleration wastes energy. How many of you know that? Quickly revving up your emotional, spiritual, and relational gauge what will happen is those things will go down. It's kind of like pedal to the metal mentality, right, says the guy who talked about the hammer lane last Sunday. If you missed it, yes, I know. I'm talking to myself on that one, right? You're in the left-hand lane, and it's the hammer lane, and why are you in it when you are going under the speed limit? It happened to me again. Kristen and I had to attend a funeral yesterday near D.C., and I will tell you, driving on 495. Oh, don't you love 495? 495 on a Saturday, on a Saturday, mind you, people weaving, ducking, slamming on their brake. I mean, on a Saturday, right, of all days. No, they're, they're in a hurry to get somewhere. Hurry up. It's Saturday, right? Also, pride, thinking I, I, the limits don't even apply to me. Now, I struggle with this one. I don't know about you. I can do it. I can handle it. Ego, arrogance, pride will drain you faster than anything else. Also, no margin. Not allowing time to fill up. That's why we're doing this series. That we need margin. That uh, we, many times, don't feel like we even have enough time. You knew that you're low on gas, but you didn't leave early enough for the appointment. That you could actually stop and refill and so you rush out of the door, and you lack margin. You didn't plant any buffer. There's no buffer in that. And you're, you're going to run out of gas. So many of you, I know you're running on empty. And you say, well, John, how do you know? Because I see it in your faces. I could see it many times when you walk into church, in the church service. How are you doing? Well, I'm okay, John. Yeah, liar, liar, pants on fire. You're not doing that great. 
How are you doing? Oh, great, under the circumstances. Well, what are you doing under them, right? Circumstances are like a mattress. You get on top, you rest easy. You get underneath of them, and you suffocate. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. During the series, remember, we talked last week, that margin is the space between your load and your limits. All of us have load, and we also have limits. And we need some breathing room. And, you know, worrying less and trusting God more is a key because more people burn out from worry than they do work. Did you know that? More people are burning out today because of worry rather than even their work. It's worry that causes burnout far more than anything else. Anxiety causes more burnout than even work does. And we talked about expecting the best, which is faith, while planning for the worst, which is wisdom. And the Bible says, we talked about last week, it's wise to plan that you and I have to expect things to go wrong. But today, I want to come back and kind of focus this time on the scripture that we ended with last week that I want to speak a little bit more into today about filling our tank of Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And Jesus says this, if you are tired, and let me just stop right there, that's where most people are at today in this room. Jesus is speaking to us. This isn't just, okay, back in the day, he's talking to the Gospels in there, he's talking to his early disciples and all those things. He's speaking to us today. He says, now, if you're tired, it's probably you and me, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens, now, heavy burdens, that's overload and there's no margin, come to me and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you, and then learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your what? soul. Now, for the yoke I share with you is easy to wear, so the load is light. Let me just share something with you. You and I need air in our lungs many, many times, numerous times every second, every moment in our body that we are breathing it in. Talking to God is like oxygen to your soul. Without it, you will die. So there's steps to getting your tank full. And I want to talk about those, those steps as we uh, go to the end today in, our, in our, uh, this today's discussion on margin. First, you've got to get fed up with how you've been living. Can somebody say fed up? You've got to get fed up with how you've been living. You've got to get dissatisfied with the way you're living, the pace at which you're running. Nothing happens in life until you and I get dissatisfied with the way your life is today. And as long as you're live, uh, willing to live in a rut, as long as you're willing to be stressed out, overextended, and, and some of you are just tired of being sick and tired. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired, but you're doing nothing about it, right? But you and I have got to get fed up with how we are living our lives. And so what causes us to make change in our lives? It's called pain. Pain is what causes us to change. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Isn't that true? It's not when we see the light. It's when we feel the heat of it. And if you're tired, he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens right now, today, in this room, I'm God speaking to us, you've got to recognize you're tired. You've got to recognize you're carrying something very, very heavy, and you're tired of running on empty, and you're fed up with the pace. Something's going to break if you don't change, right? Now, 
If you don't get fed up with, with the pace that this culture teaches you to live, you only have uh, a choice, and that is that is going to end in a breakdown and not a breakthrough. Because nobody can live the pace of the American dream the way it is processed at this moment. There are many people who have a lot of money, but not a lot of meaning. A lot to live on, but not a lot to live for. And we see this. This is increasing moment by moment by moment. We know suicide continues to increase in our society. It continues to increase amongst uh, many professions in, in law enforcement, uh, not only in, in, our, in our young people. There, there are many professions that this happens. It's even hitting kids, and the stress on those kids is coming from those little cell phones, which are comparison tools to compare yourself to everybody else on social media. Young people, stop it. Quit comparing yourself with everybody else. When are we going to get satisfied with how God created us in the beauty that God's put inside of you to be an expression to this world? Some of you young adults, adults in the room, you're, you're, you're caught up in this as well. You've got to get fed up and tired of carrying a heavy burden. So lack of margin is one big reason for the collapse of the American family today. If we don't make relationships a priority, we don't make time for each other a priority, and our relationships suffer. And the truth is, relationships take time, don't they? Yeah, relationships don't happen overnight. But we want to microwave that like everything else. I'm sorry, that doesn't happen. Jesus even told us that. He even showed us that, that relationships take time to build in and people to go along the journey with you and listen to one another and enjoy one another and provide the comfort that we need. Dr. Richard Swenson, MD, says this, the conditions of modern-day living devours margin. If you're homeless, we direct you to a shelter. If you're penniless, we offer you food stamps. If you're breath breathless, we connect you to oxygen. But if you're marginless, we give you one more thing to do. Marginless is being 30 minutes late to the doctor's office because you were 20 minutes late getting out of the hairdresser because you were 10 minutes late dropping the children off at school because the car ran out of gas two blocks from a gas station and you forgot your purse. That's marginless. Margin, on the other hand, is this. It's having breath at the top of the staircase, money at the end of the month, sanity left over at the end of adolescence. Margin is grandma taking the baby for the afternoon. Margin is having a friend help carry the burden with you. Marginless is not having time to finish the book you're reading on stress. Been there? Margin is having the time to read it twice. Marginless is our culture. Margin is countercultural. Having some space in your life, in your schedule, and for others. Marginless is the disease of our decade, and margin is the cure. Are you fed up yet? Are you fed up? And then maybe now that you're fed up, we can go to step two, because as we look at, it's number two is come to Jesus. Can you say that with me? 
come to Jesus. You got to get fed up with how you're living. Then you need to come to Jesus. In fact, Jesus in this passage uses three verbs, come, take, and learn. Come, take, and learn. These three steps. He says, come to me. Come to me and bring me the good in your life. Bring me the bad in your life. Jesus wants to know. Jesus wants to know today, what are you frustrated about? What's painful in your life today? What is shameful in your life today? What's exhausting in your life today? He says, bring me everything. Come to me, and I will give you another sermon. Is that what he says? Come to me, and I'm going to give you another thing to do. Oh. He says, come to me. Just come to me. And he says, when you come to me, I'm going to give you something great. I'm going to give you rest, not another thing to do. I want you to know this. Come to me, and I will give you rest. That's the second phrase. Here's the second step to refilling your tank is to come to Jesus. I want you to notice what you and I are going to have to do is promise to say, I'm going to get fed up, and I'm going to come to Jesus. Well, who are you coming to? He doesn't say come to church. He doesn't say come to religion. He doesn't even say, come and follow my rules. He doesn't say, come to rituals or come to regulations. The antidote for stress and the overload that you feel in your life is not a plan for time management, though time management is great. It's just not an antidote for your soul, right? It's not a plan. It's not a program. It's not a pill. It's a person. It's a person. It's in the relationship that we have with Jesus that we get filled up and we get refueled and then we have time for what really matters, for what really will last for eternity. And the answer to stress in your life is not these other things. He says, come to me. I'm the one who made you. I know everything about you. Would you just come to me? Now, in the Bible, people came to Jesus for all kinds of things, didn't they? I mean, we read story after story in the Gospels. Some came for forgiveness. Some came for healing. Some came for advice. Some came for eternal life. Some came for food. Some just came to criticize. Some came to question. Some came as skeptics. You know what the thing is? Jesus didn't care why people came to him as long as they came. Just as long as you come. Will you come to Jesus? And I think as we come to Jesus, we find out all the things that we thought really mattered, they don't really matter. Because it's about a person, not a program, not a scenario. Jesus doesn't care why you come, just come. I will give you the rest that you need for your soul today. John 6, 47, I love this. He says, come to me, whoever comes to me, I will not reject. There's a lot of comfort inside of that. that you, do you know today, no matter where you're at and what you've done, that you can come to Jesus and he says, listen, I won't even reject you. I don't care. I love you. Jesus doesn't reject us. He cares about us. He says, I will never reject you. Now, notice he says in this, come to me and I will give you rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Later on the verse, he says, I will give you rest for your soul. Now, that's much deeper than even rest, physical rest, because honestly, your problem isn't tired muscles, it's tired minds. It's the anxiety that you carry. He says, listen, I can go far deeper than your sore muscles. I can go in and give rest for your soul, and that will refresh you, right? We need rest from tension. 
We need rest from anxiety and hurry and from the things that are around us, from the expectations that others put on us for comparisons and all these things. And uh, most of the things we do don't restore our soul. Have you ever found that to be true? You realize most of the things that we do every single day don't restore our soul because they don't have the capability to restore our soul, but the creator of our soul can restore your soul. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, he gives power to those who are tired and worn out, and he offers strength to the weak. Are you weak? He will give you strength, and those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. Amen. So culture says go, and Jesus says come. Go, 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 go. Jesus says, come to me, come to me. In Matthew 6, he says, find a quiet place, secluded place, so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can imagine, and the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. Wow, I need to sense his grace. You know that the only thing God wants you to control is you? Let me say that again. The only thing that God wants you to control is you, self-control. While we're out trying to control everything else, we think we're trying to control, right? You ever found at the end of the day, you and I don't control much at all, but what happens inside that we make the choice? We're trying to control. We think we're controlling the world. Well, I'm going to put this statement out there. Bam. Hashtag world's changed. We are so arrogant in the day and age. Watch this. Boom. Drop the mic, baby. I just changed the world. Well, no, he says, really, inside of this, the only thing that you control is you. And that's where we need to focus our attention. So, you got to get fed up. And second, I've got to come to Jesus. And third, stay connected to my church family. Can you say connected? You know, another research study shows that the lack of social support is linked with higher death rates for heart attacks, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and other autoimmune disorders. One last one is this. Another well-documented study shows that social isolation contributes to illness and death as much as smoking. So listen, if you must smoke, for goodness sake, don't do it alone. Just kidding. I just want to see if you're listening today. Oh, you, you're listening now, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. we got to pull that one back. <laughs> Some of you are going to get it later. <laughs> we were created by God for community. It's serious business. Listen, not only for you, but for our children. For our children and our children's children, right? We weren't meant to go through life alone. The very first thing God said to man, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good. Because why? Because God hates loneliness. God created man also that he could have a relationship with mankind. What an awesome God, right? Could have just him and all the angels, but no, he said, I'm going to create man. I want to have a relationship. I'm going to put my image stamp on them. It's not good for our soul to be alone. And so it's very important. Being alone and being lonely are two different things. Being alone with God, that's a good thing. Being lonely, that's not a good thing. 
So whether you're married or not, you need relationship. You need people in your life. I need people in my life. We need each other. That's why we emphasize relational groups around here all the time. You hear us talk about it. And if you're here and you've been here any length of time, you know that is one of the values that we have. And uh, let me tell you something. If you're not in relationship, you're going to get picked off very easy. You don't have a stress safety net in your life. Hebrews 10.25 tells us, hey, you know, let's not get, give up the habit of meeting together. He says, because some are already doing that. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. And then the next uh, verse I want to read is Ephesians 1.23. The church is Christ's body, and notice it is filled with Christ who completely fills everything else. So... So what do you call a spiritual filling station? The church. I'm filling you up today. You're filling me up today. God's filling us up today. Christ fills the church, and Christ fills everything else. The church is filled with Christ, and he fills everything else. And I, and I, and I want to just share with you, because you've heard Kristen and I talk about this a number of times, our desire is for this church to be healthy. I'm really not consumed today with that people would know the name of our church worldwide, but I'm really concerned that we would be a healthy church. I'm concerned about health, spiritual health. I want people to look at us and say they're not stressed, they're living on margin, and they're living at peace with themselves, with God, and with one another. Amen? And for the health of our kids, we're raising our kids in America who are going to take stress to another level with all the technologies now and yet to come. And let me tell you something. The next generation is dying for models of balanced living. They don't see it in our society, but the church is well-placed to be an example for this. And also that we'd be a good witness to the rest of the world. Listen, if Christians are just as stressed as everybody else, the non-Christians will look at us and say, well, the only difference I see between my life and yours is you have a few extra meetings to go to every week. No, thank you. How are you living? What is the pace of your life today? You're a believer, so I'm going to tell you something. People are watching you. You go to that church? Oh, I'm not sure I want to be a part of that. You go to a few more means, but your life's no different than mine. You're as crazy. You have no margin. Things, no. I don't need another meeting. But people are hungry for relationships. They're hungry for healthy relationships. They're hungry to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves and to be a witness to a world that is around them. You know, Chris and I had the opportunity as well with Ben and Claire at our house in the, in the spring coming into summer uh, to lead an eight-week group called Starting Point. And it's, a, it's wonderful material that we use on helping people in, in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of the, it's, it was a place where you could come and bring your questions, no questions dumb or stupid. We're coming, we're learning together, and it was a wonderful atmosphere as we learned together. And uh, what was so cool is at our last house party where we bring Clearbrook and Stephen City together and we do baby dedications and water baptisms, the majority of the people in that group received water baptism 
and also one of the families uh, uh, had a baby that was, uh, or their child dedicated unto the Lord. And they are people that we continue to do life with. Listen, anybody can impress from a distance, but life change happens when we are up close. Right? Because you and I get to see each other for who we are. We don't get to blow smoke any longer. We get to find out this is the real deal, the raw deal of Christianity, of finding out how do we live this life. We all go through issues. We all go through problems. We need to make space for one another.